Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom with Nathan Drinkard. I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. We're on Anchor, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and we're on so many other podcasts and platforms. We can't even keep track of them all. But you know where to find us in the video format. You can find us at the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel. Check us out on all of those locations. Drink, we got a packed show today. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Glad to be back in the lab. We got a packed show. How you doing on this tremendous Tuesday? Doing, doing well, better than some recently resigned football coach. Just put it like that. All right. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I can't wait to get into it. We got So we got another day, another dollar, giving the streets what they need. We say we see what they don't, say what they want, set your plate because it's time to eat. And last but not least, let's talk some sports, baby. Let's roll, Jay. Right. This is episode 10 of season three. We're going to get into those John Gruden emails. Uh, we're also getting to Kyrie Irving's vaccination status. And uh, we'll recap the weekend in college football. We're going to start tonight with Colts Ravens Monday Night Football, where the Baltimore Ravens won for the fourth consecutive time, improved to 4-1 on the season as they win at 31-25 over the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts fall to 1-4. and Indianapolis led this game 10-3 at the half. They built a 22-3 lead into the second half. And then Baltimore caught fire, and they, you know, they ended up tying the game late at 25 apiece. And after a late missed field goal at regulation by the Colts' Rodrigo Blankenship, the Ravens took the uh, overtime possession. They marched down the field for the, t- the game-winning touchdown. Big, big numbers in this one from Lamar Jackson. He was 37 for 43. There were 442 yards and four touchdowns. He also added 62 on the ground on 14 carries. Mark Andrews, a big part of it. He had 11 catches for 147 yards and two touchdowns. And Marquise Hollywood Brown, nine catches, 125 yards and two touchdowns. Carson Wentz on the losing end of this one, but he was pretty good according to the numbers 25 or 35, 402 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Michael Pittman, big part of it. He had six catches, 89 yards and a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries, 53 yards, a touchdown. Also had a 76 yard receiving touchdown. That was fairly early in the game. Drink two teams headed in opposite directions. Um, the Ravens, after a very difficult start, we know they're de- dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, what do you make of them at this stage in the season? Uh, well, you know, one one would tell you um, that, you know, when I look at the Ravens, you know, they seem to be a little dependent on, on um, Lamar Jackson a lot. Uh, but as a wise man once told me, you know, just, just a guy I met, he just told me that, Maybe I should consider the injuries. So then I sat back and I said, <laughs> you know, they have, they do got a lot of injuries. Running back core, I mean, my God. I, I think I just seen a, a job um, opening on LinkedIn trying to get a running back. Uh, and then I say, you know, the defense that took some hits. So then it, it, more I looked into it, I, die, I think about it. I'm like, well, hell, my question is, are the Ravens overachieving? Because, I mean, run game is non-existent. I was told the offensive line is still a work in progress. Um, we know what Mark Andrews is going to give you. We know what Marquise Brown is going to give you. The rest of that core is hit or miss. Um, and then you go over to the defense side of the ball. I was told that you can run run up and down the field on the defense which i'm not gonna lie you kind of look at the games you like you can't run up and down the field on the defense so if we're gonna say that mahomes get an excuse because you know the chief defense can't stop nobody i mean nobody i'm pretty sure jacksonville can put a couple of scores on the chief defense but 
Mahomes is still so good that he can get them out of it. I guess I got to start looking at Lamar Jackson and saying, I mean, is he so good that he can, you know, play with an inferior defense? Because that's kind of what happened last night. Listen, the coach should have won the game, no doubt. You know, Blankenship, we got to talk. But, you know, all in all, they won the game. Why did they win the game? Because some straight brilliance by um, Lamar Jackson. Listen, first of all, and you mentioned this, 37 for 43 for 442 yards. First and foremost, let me tell you this. Oh, did I mention or did you mention that he had no interceptions? I did not. But what, that's a good point. The, the biggest knock on Lamar Jackson is this, right, Jay? It's, is he can't throw the ball. We know what he can do with his legs. We, we know what he can do when his team got a lead. It's hard to come back on them because once they start running that ball, that time is running, right? But we always say, if you make Lamar Jackson throw the ball, you can beat them. Now, I'm not saying last night is an indictment that, oh, he figured it out. Oh, he can throw the ball when needed to. But if you're a Ravens fan, you have to be encouraged with what you've seen. Like, you have to be encouraged with that. He dropped six balls well, through six incompletions, I meant to say. Right? Four touchdowns, no interception. He had a, a grade of 140.5. Now, think about that. This is Lamar Jackson, Mr. He, can, he only uses his legs. He's really, really fast. And he still, did I say legs? He still had 14 carries for 62 yards on top of the 442. So that is what made me think like, man, the, the, the Ravens really look dependent on Lamar Jackson. Really, really dependent on him because he do, he's doing a lot. The defense is hit or miss. And then I look at the, I, Lamar Jackson has 62 yards. How many yards? Latavius Murray. 17. Tyson Williams, 6. Devontae Freeman, 1. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Do you know this team got Le'Veon Bell still on the practice squad? That tells you how far he's fallen from grace. Tell me about it. That's another story for another day, but I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, I'm looking at that, and then I look at Carson Wentz. Poor Car hey, Carson Wentz, I feel bad for you. You come out here, you, you put on the game of a lifetime. You haven't really lived up the snuff. You won and four in the division. Now, you, you, you're you in a division where you might get away with this one and four start, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I, I look at the Colts, man. They've been getting these heartbreakers after heartbreakers. And then Carson Wentz seemed to start, he's getting healthier. He seemed to be playing a little better now. Um, you know, he threw for 402 yards. He didn't throw no interceptions, which with Carson Wentz, you got to think the same thing. Shoo! Because we know how he get down when he, when he when he start turning over the ball. You know what time it is. Um, but let me tell you what what a, what a uh, at least a one two tandem in a running back can do for you when it don't include the quarterback. So you had Jonathan Taylor for 50, 15 carries for fifty three yards, right? Then Marlon Mack came in five carries for forty seven yards. Even Naheem Hines come in, he get eighteen yards and four carries. Now. That don't blow you away individually, but if you put that together, that's enough of a run game to open up the pass game, right? And then, pass game, didn't you say something about Jonathan Taylor? That I did. So, Jonathan Taylor had three catches for 116 yards, by the way. So, for people that say catch, running backs catching the ball out of the field don't matter, 
They need to run the ball. Maybe you need to speed up to 2021 because we need him to catch too. If Derrick Henry is catching balls, we need running backs to catch the ball because he bought the best it is when it comes to running the football, and he still managed to get off the backfield and start catching the ball. Just throwing that out there. Um, so, And then you, you see what Michael Pittman did. So I say all that to say this to keep it short and sweet and go ahead and get, get out of here. Um, the Ravens. I like what I'm seeing. My, my question is this. Can they sustain this without a comparable running game? I do think the Ravens are right at this moment, they're overachieving. Because if you would have told me that the run game would look the way it looked and the defense would be as hurt as it is, I would tell you that they probably would be, what, 3-2 and two maybe? I would give you 3-2, and two, you know, but, one, you know, 4-1. and one. And they did beat some teams, Kansas City, the Colts. Like, they ain't just out here with this run-of-the-mill, you know, the bottom-level schedule either. They're playing some teams. They're figuring it out. I don't love to come behind wins all the time, but a win is a win. Now, my question to the listeners and, you know, you too, Jay, is are the Baltimore Ravens overachieving for what they're doing right now? I'd say they're <clears> – <throat> If you if you go back and look at their schedule, they're extremely fortunate right now. You you think they should be three and two right now. They they got four of their five games. You could very easily flip the script and change the L to a W or a W to an L. Week one against the Raiders, that was that was that's their one loss, and they should have won that game. So you flip that one. Kansas City in week two, the Chiefs just couldn't hold the ball. The Chiefs could not hold on to the football. You got Edwards Hilaire looking like he ain't never – looking like um, Petey from Remember the Titans. You know, like <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Don't forget against the Lions, they needed a 66-yard game-winning field goal from Justin Tucker to escape with that one. They beat Denver soundly. That's the one that I wouldn't swap. But then the, Col- the Colts let one get away last night. So you could very easily this, – this could very easily be a two-and-three team. Uh, but I think I think at minimum, I mean, I'd say three and two. But look, in the end, they're a four and one team. I think you make a great point at, at this stage. I, I I don't even know if overachieving is the right word because it doesn't feel like they're even playing that great. They, they just appear to be a team extremely fortunate right now, which is saying something because the first game they just they, they completely squandered that one, and now you have a situation where their luck has completely turned. I think the Lamar Jackson in this game, and really, he had he had in the first four weeks he had he had uh, he had four touchdowns. He had thrown one touchdown in every game. He doubles it last night with four. It was a spectacular performance. Um, you know the type of performance that if you're you know if you've been critical of Lamar Jackson as I have, it's been and it's been just about his ability to throw the football consistently from the pocket. You look at what he did last night, particularly in that second half. I mean, that's the type of thing that can give you hope moving forward. The problem I have with that is the Ravens are so compromised, you know, at so many position groups. We know about the running backs, but now the offensive, the offensive line is having some struggles now with injuries. They having trouble keeping it together. We know about Marcus Peters being out. That's a big deal for them. I mean, this is just one of those things where, I mean, it's going to be hard to sustain this. It's going to be really hard to sustain this because, you know, you, I don't, you can't, you can't be this fortunate over and over and over again. 
I mean, the Chiefs no doubt let that game get away. Indianapolis has a chance to win this game at the buzzer, not to mention they just blew a they blew a 19 point lead. Um, what what it does what it does give you is it says Lamar Jackson at this level, he can he can, he is capable of putting a team on his back and taking them and taking the Ravens where they want to go. That's going to be extremely difficult to continue this. And I think for this year, you know, I don't. I think I think it's going to be tough for them to you know win more than one playoff game with 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 so many pieces compromised. You know, so but what it does tell you, Lamar Jackson, he continues to make these strides. You look at Baltimore; they can they got to come back next year, and I know it might seem a little premature. Maybe you get some of these guys back down the road, not the running backs, but maybe you get the offensive line back together. These receivers keep developing, and uh, Don Martinell is able to, you know, piece together this defense so they can do enough for you. Maybe you can do something then. Um, but it, what what it, what last night shown shows is Lamar Jackson. He's not a guy who can just play from in front. He can bring you back with his arm, and I think that's a really key thing because you look right. at the other quarterbacks, the other big time quarterbacks, whether it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you know, guys like that. That when they, when they are behind, you know you can't relax because those guys are going to keep swinging and they're going to do it with their arm, and that's what it proved to me for, from Lamar Jackson last night. He has that capability as well. For the Colts, it, it just continue. It's it's a disappointment so far. But as you point out, the AFC South, I mean Tennessee's three and two, but they're I think they're three and two, but they're not that good. They lost to the Jets, so and we know about Jacksonville, we know about Houston. They're not that good. Don't forget, it was, you know, Frank Wright's first year, I believe it was, with Andrew Luck. You know, they went on some crazy 10-game winning streak. Something tells me the Colts are not done. And when you look at what Kyle Carson Wentz played last night, and he's only thrown one pick this year. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, you talk about last year was the turnovers, year before was the turnover. You know, last year was just horrible. But him and Frank Wright, I know I've heard the offensive line. It hasn't been quite what we expected. But you got Jonathan Taylor. You got Hines, you got, now you got Marlon Mack in the fray a little bit. They got some decent weapons. You know, you get T.Y. Hilton back in this thing. You know, you could have, you could have a good set of weapons for him. And then that, that, that defense, Everfluss is going to, he's going to get these guys in order at some point. They don't have a lot of stars, but I think they got enough. Um, they're just, they're, they're kind of, to me, they're on the opposite end of the Ravens. They, they just can't catch a break. Last night was one of them. Um, and I, I think much like, you know, I was hesitant to rule to rule out the Steelers after their one and three start. I'm really hesitant to rule out the Colts, even at one and four. I, I don't I don't think they're finished. All right, so staying in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I got I sent the emails. That oh my bad, emails. Oh, we we back to emails. So within you know the whole longevity of this investigation with the Washington football team, it seemed like we found the culprit, folks. We found who's been out here stirring the pot, who's been saying the wrong thing, whether that's racist or whether that's homophobic. I don't know. You're going to do the research and, and listen to see what we got to say. So with that said, um, Jay, my question is simple as this. Did the investigation find a scapegoat for it or are we in for, you know, more and more and more? Some, some tells me we're in for a lot more. You know, there's two people. There's well, there, okay. There's one person, and then there is one group who probably, after, when this news broke, are just like jumping up and down. Number one is Urban Meyer, because now Urban Meyer has somebody else. Hey, go. Hey, look at that dude. Talk about that dude. I, 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 know, I, 
<laughs> I know I'm it don't appear I'm on the up and up and you know my team right. can't win a football game right now. But uh at least I'm not the only one cutting up. And then you have the uh the old football team, the ones that still don't have a birth certificate, still don't have a social security card, none of these basic documents, because they're just they're just out here nameless. Um yeah, it's I just find it amusing that you know they NFL's put all this into an investigation and it uh, John John Gruden is the one that's fired, and he did. I'm quite sure he didn't have anything to do with uh, uh, hostile work environment or sexual harassment, whatever have you, whatever you may be talking about when it comes to the old football team. So, but with you know, with all that being said, you know, we got into this a little bit before this show. <clears throat> I think that you know this is um, definitely something that the Raiders had to do. Y- you just. We just live, you, you know how it is. We live in a day and age where, you know, you, you just can't be doing this. Like, you, you just can't, you can't be slurring everybody. And I just, you know, wh- whether it's, uh, whether it's, you know, ca- saying Roger Goodell is gay or the equivalent of some of that. You, know, you got Demora Smith and the lips and all that. And then you have what he says, something anti-women. He says something against Michael Sam, you know, all these different things. It's just, I mean, it's just too much. Like if you, if, if it was as simple as he says something about Demora Smith, I think this is something that, you know, we let go, but it's just like, my Lord, like you said, what? And that, and this, oh my God, it just comes too much. And like the biggest thing, the biggest thing, like for me about John Gruden is like, and we talk about it, a lot of this, some of this like amounts to, um, you know, if you if you let if you just roll the cameras in locker rooms, you know, day after day, week after week, who knows what you're gonna hear? You know, I think people like it, it equates to like you know the line of work that we've we've been in, you know, in the in in the service. You know, it, if if people really knew what 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 kind of things were discussed and what people said about somebody, like you know, like it, it'd be eye opening. I think. What, 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 let's put it like this with, without having to even do the trivia. Think about this. You remember that time Pittsburgh beat somebody in the playoffs and, and Antonio Brown had his phone on? And right. we heard Mike Tomlin saying, you know, some pretty unsavory things because he thought he was in the locker room, right? Or what about the time that when Ed Orgeron, 2019, when LSU beat Alabama and Ed Orgeron had an assortment of things to say in the locker room? And we found out about that because somebody leaked it out. So, with, to your point, it's a lot of stuff that's said behind doors that don't is not necessarily right or wrong. Right. And then this is what you get, you know, when it comes out in the public. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And once you know, <clears throat> much like the, the the difference is like, and me and me and you go back and forth like sometimes before the show. There's things we say before the show that we, we we're not gonna say on the air. Absolutely you know, that's not kind of like there, there, there's a and there's a difference between like private conversations, you know, behind closed doors, you know, whatever you want to call it. And then there's like, but we also we also have a me and you, we have a general amount of awareness. Like I, I was thinking like earlier today, like trying to put myself in John Gruden's shoes and like, man, I've used email a lot in my life. I wonder what I, I haven't said anything this reckless. And I just I don't think I have. You know, I, I can't imagine and I can't imagine being that like being that clueless and that, I don't know, John Gruden's case, careless, maybe you'd say. Um, you know, it, I, I think it, it's, I find it unfortunate that this, 
the NFL was looking at something that had nothing to do with John Gruden. And now, you know, I, I read you the quote from, I think people that brought the, whatever suit or whatever they're doing the investigation, their lawyers ain't like, so this is, this is what we did NFL. We had all this investigation. You got all these witnesses. You got over 500,000 emails. And this is all we have. We fired, we got a dude fired who work on the complete other, co the, the West Coast. What is going, how, how, how is that all we've accomplished? Now you have the NFL Players Association, uh, Association. they want all the emails released. Uh, drink, Bruce Allen uh, and guys in the, uh, the old football team organization, they weren't just talking to John Gruden. I just, this is, this to me, this is a dangerous Pandora's box to open. When you start looking at, you know, everybody's uh, communications that, you know, they just in the back of their mind, I think are private, even though, you know, whether it's over NFL servers, you know, wh whatever it is. But people, people just don't wake up, you know, in the morning like, man, my email's getting going through today. I wonder how that's going to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about what else we're going to hear. And uh, you know what, what really gets on my nerves is these people on television who just sit there and just pretend that, you know, they're the holiest people walking this earth. Like they've never done anything wrong. And I just, I'm watching the, you know, I'm watching the Monday Night Football uh, cast last night and they get to the breaking news and then they get to halftime and you got Schefter in there and you got uh, Booger McFarlane and they, they don't even they don't even bother to recognize that John Gruden was an employee of theirs and a colleague of theirs for years. And most of, most of this, if not all of it, happened when he was an employee there. And they, they don't even bother telling us that like we forgot. So I just God just they, they these people nauseate me. And I'm, wait, I'm are just, you, wait, 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 wait. Are you surprised that ESPN doing it like that? Maybe maybe I shouldn't be, and you know I've been I've been I've been on this network for months, perhaps the past year. That I, I just look at them. I, I don't find them to be a serious network at all. I mean, just just as a matter of principle, I I, I don't I'm not taking morality advice from somebody named Booger. I'm just not. And then you and you got him in there, and he's he's sitting there talking about this is what the NFL is trying to get rid of, and then he's out there like. And we're trying to be, and then he starts reading them. He's like, yeah, we're trying to be, uh, and stop hate, stop hate and end racism. And it takes all of us. Booger, they've had the, they've had the slogans on the helmets and all like for over a year now. You, you had to refer to your notes to remember them. They should be ingrained in your body at this point. And then you got Schefter out here reading like, you know, he's the offense police reading, well, you know what, John Gruden, he just offended everybody in the world. He offended women. He offended the homosexuals. He offended. He offended Roger Goodell. When did since when did Roger Goodell become a protected class, to where you can't criticize him? And I got it. You know, John Gruden saying stuff that he ain't got no business saying. I get all that. But I just I, these people nauseate me to no degree. Now we got Keyshawn Johnson coming up like, yo, I knew this dude was a fraud for the start. Well. I, why you? Where have you been? Like I haven't heard from you, and I know people are looking back and saying, "Well, actually, he did say this like back when Tampa Bay." I'm like, I, I'm just not. I'm just not particularly interested in all these people. Like, yeah, I knew about him. Let me, let me tell you this. Um, I'm I'm serious. Go back. 
act like Keyshawn Johnson doesn't have anything in his past that we don't want to get into and dissect real quick beyond some emails. I think about think about all the guys uh, that the NFL has employed and paid a lot of money to, and they got some checkered past. You know, the, the old joke like, you know, where Ray Lewis is out here like preaching, like he's the pedestal of morality. And then you got the dude in the background, but Ray, you killed someone. Hey, shut up. You know what I'm talking about? These type, these are the type of things I'm thinking about. Everyone just wants to take the moral high ground and just tell people how much better you are. When the reality is you're no better than nobody else. John Gruden is just the dude that got caught today. But to just sit here and act like you've never been, like Booker McFarlane's never been in the locker room. And he's he's always said just, he's been the nicest person on this planet. And he's never said anything out the way in a in the in the locker room conversation. These people, that's the biggest thing. I'm disappointed in John Gruden because he just has no awareness apparently and he thinks he can just do whatever the hell he wants. But these ESPN <laughs> people, God, they nauseate me to no end. They really do. So like they say, when it rains, it pours. So I'm not surprised that everybody want to come out the woodworks now. You know, the, the roaches, the rats, everybody want to come out and... Yeah, yeah, you remember that one time he said, yeah, yeah, remember we was at that bar and he said that one thing and, yeah. Remember that one time we showed up, we, we shared a, a plane seat, you know, we was on the plane and, you know, he said something that was a little iffy. I don't, now that I think about it, it does sound kind of racist. Um, Like, that, we're going to get a lot of that now. Like you said, the Keyshawn Johnson of the world, Booker McFarlane's, you know, um, the crew, the Monday Night Football crew. It's unfortunate because the reason you Monday night football people are even there is because of John Gruden. I mean, not, not to say in totality, but if John Gruden didn't go to be a head coach, he would still be doing that job. And you would not be doing that job. Let, let's keep it real. John Gruden, when he was in the booth, he was the man of what he was doing. So show some respect, I guess, um, to what my partner's saying. Uh, listen. John Gruden, what he said was wrong. I'm not finna sit here and act like, hey, man, this was nothing. This is 2021. You got to watch what you say. Even though these emails came from 2011, even though they came from an investigation that had nothing to do with John Gruden, the, fact, the, the, the matter of the fact is this. You did it, John. You sent them. You said what you said. It is what it is. But to the, to the point of what you made about what we do, we don't know. We can't sit here and talk about the ins and outs of an NFL locker room. But you know what we can talk about? The ins and out of the of the, the, the military. The ins and out of the United States Marine Corps. And you know, I might not be a professional, I might not been on the field, and I might not caught any balls or ran any of pause or uh, anything of that magnitude. But um let me tell you what I have done. I'd have been around some some savages that have said everything out of the sun. I'd also have been around, you know. You know, some people that, you know, forgot what time we was in, whether that's, you know, 1940s, 1950s, they forgot we was in the 2000s, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't heard it all. And the fact remains this. It, what was said was said both ways. And the only reason a lot of people I know probably not getting canceled or, or whatnot, one, because I guess we're not famous enough. And then two, because it was never in black and white. What was said was what was said. Whether you, you call me some things, I call you some things, we either laugh about it, fight about it, we come to a resolution, and we out. We didn't got to the place now 
where, first of all, John Gruden, God, God damn. Why, why would you send that over the NFL server? Oh, my God. So, now I look at this like, I got, once again, let me insert some of this old military in here. So, if I'm at work, right, and Roger Goodell is probably the equivalent of the commandant of the Marine Corps for us, right? So, I don't like what the commandant's saying. So, I'm just going to send an email oh, to, you know, the the local colonel over here that me and him buddies, <laughs> you know, we buddies and stuff. Yeah. You know, we drinking buddies, as they call it. And I, I don't like what the commandant got to say, so I'm just like, yo, blanket at blank, yo, General so and so is a blanket at blank sin. <laughs> yeah. G six. For those that know who G six is, they just say <laughs> our guys that's that's over our internet or whatnot. Hey, uh, yeah, is that Mr. Drinker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can we talk to you for a minute? We gotta talk to you, but we just received some, you know, um, harmful information from from your computer. <laughs> Did you send this? Did you send this? Uh, me? I sent that? I don't I, I think I sent it. Let me put on my glasses. Let me read it. Even though I got my glasses on, let me put on my glasses and read that. Oh. Um, I say all that to say this. As minuscule or as meaningless as some people might see that and be like, that was stupid. You can say it's stupid, but being in our world, we're we're self-aware enough to know. That is unacceptable in the military, which tells me John Gruden know that's that is unacceptable in the you know the actual civilian world to do that. So he deserves to be fired. I, I really think he does. Whether he whether it was in private or public, you just can't do that. But the thing is, to your point, Jay, why in the hell is John Gruden the one getting all the flack? Last time I checked, um, it was his brother that used to coach for the football team, not him. Oh yeah. Mm. What a great like, point. That's all so, I'm saying. Yeah. So what why why is John Groove catching flag for a team he didn't even coach for? He sent yeah. some emails. Alright, cool. But can we get some of the, the people that actually receive payment from the football team? Can we get some of them? Maybe can we get the guy that actually signed the checks? Or maybe his, oh, his wife that signed some checks too. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's a whole lot of going around and the only guy that's really getting blamed is the guy that was halfway across the world you know halfway across the country you know um he's all the way on the what what we call the left coast and here we are with an investigation over here on the east coast and that's what we got out of it i do know and i will say this before i get up out of here i do know that it's more emails they got to look at they say it's more information out there so we could see hear or see more things that's more egregious than what we already heard or saw but with that said can we let the man can we can we let the rest of the facts get laid out can we do that or can we start looking at the culprits that we should be looking at and not just the scapegoat because this got a real bad look to it real scapegoat look to it if you ask me <laughs> they got a real look Oh, we got us one. We got a guy that can take the fall. Hey, John, come on over. You're out of here. Hey, but guess what? I'm going to pay you the rest of your money. Just, just keep the dirty pictures right next to the ones Jeff Fisher got. So 
That's what it seems like to me is a bunch of, you know, a bunch of cup somewhat. Hey, we found the guy that we can we can shift the blame on. Urban Meyer is pretty happy about this. Um, I seen the press conference. Um, but all in all, I, I'm I'm sorry until I see some. Until I see something that really makes me go, he said, what? I, I just, I, I don't know, man. I didn't hear it worse. And, and I'm telling you, talk to a service member. Talk to, 10 years in the Marine Corps. I heard some stuff from day one, stepping, doing my thing, to the day I decided to leave the good old gun club. I heard some stuff. And I, I just, from what I done read so far and what I done seen, yeah, I know council. We want to counsel everybody. They try to counsel Dave Chappelle. He a comedian. Mm. My God, the ultimate like expression of freedom is comedians, and they try to counsel that. They fail, but they try to counsel it. So that lets you know, man. You just gotta be smart about what you type. Smart about what you write. Say what you say. Make sure you know who around. Address you know your surroundings and and. and but at the end of the day, if you're going to say inappropriate things, man, you're going to pay the price. And that's what it looks like happening to John Gruden. Now. I think uh, the other thing the other thing I do want to point out is not only was Gruden an employee of ESPN, Gruden made, Gruden made Monday Night Football work. Like John Gruden was Monday Night Football for many, many years. And then you look around and then he leaves to go coach the Raiders again. And Monday Night Football became a joke after that. Do you remember... Mm-hmm. You remember Jason Witten in there? How no, he, no, no, no. Oh, God, I'm breaking up Jason Witten. he was. He was awful. And then you you got the Boogermobile running up in there on the sideline. And then, you know, the poor only Joe reason Poor Joe Yeah, poor, yeah, you are right about that. Poor Joe Tessitore. And then you remember they got, um, then they threw Booger in the booth when they realized Whit- Witten couldn't get it done. And then that unmasked how god-awful Booger McFarland was. They just banish it like Booger McFarlane is still a meme. Like you just find like, well, actually what, so, you know, he, he called a touchdown. That means that he, you know, put two feet in the end zone and scored six points. Or just, you know how to meet, you know how the memes go on Booger. And he just got them sitting there like in the Booger mobile, just like, yeah, this is, this is how it will happen. Like, so I just don't, you know, we, we, we have these discussions and we, you know, we talk about people, you know, in their worst light. And I just, I just want to draw attention to the fact that, you know, for whatever you want to say about John Gruden, you know, personally or whatever, or his conduct in this particular moment in time, the guy's still a Super Bowl champion head coach. And he's still, you know, you talk about as a broadcaster and as, you know, in essence, an entertainer. I mean, the guy, the guy was great. And I, I, I don't want, I don't want to like ignore that, even though, you know, he, he's going through this and he's being held accountable. And also, you know, one more thing. You brought up the point about, um, you know, I got to see something else that he said or, or whatever. Drink, that, 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 that's what this comes down to in this point. It is almost worse for you to commit a thought crime or to say the wrong thing than, you know, actually commit an act of violence. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got, don't act like the NFL hasn't employed people who have done, like, ridiculous ridiculously horrible things or you know or at least have been linked to some like egregious behavior i mean we got like we still we don't know the extent of the Deshaun watson stuff but that stuff's still open and i know he's not playing right now but i mean you know as well as i do if there's a situation there is a set of circumstances that some of this could be true and i fully expect to see Deshaun watson play again 
the same way we're seeing Kareem Hunt play again. The same way we saw Greg Hardy play for so long and it we finally got rid of Greg Hardy. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. But like you, you can say the wrong thing or say something that just sends people into, you know, a, a frenzy. And in the end, I, I mean, I'd like to know, can we interview John, uh, Roger Goodell and say, hey, John, hey, Roger, did whatever John Gruden said about you in this email, are you okay? Do you, is everything okay? Are you, you feeling bad about yourself? No, Roger, I don't believe Roger Goodell could care less. You know what I'm saying? It goes back to the old saying, sticks and stones. You know, whatever happened to that? When did we just get so soft about everything? I, I'd like to know. And then the other point is this. I'd really like to know, you know, not that I'm, not that I'm cheering for the Raiders to be successful in anything, but I'd, I'd really like to know, do the Raiders do this if they're 5-0? I don't know. I think it'd be, I think we may have a little bit different of a conversation. All right, so going over to the NBA, we're talking one Kyrie Irving. I know you heard the story, folks, but today a big nail in that um, proverbial coffin has dropped today when the Brooklyn Nets announced that um, superstar Kyrie Irving, hey, if he ain't playing any other games vaccinated, they don't want to play any other games unvaccinated. Um, with that said, I, I guess you got to look at it like this, Jay. If, if the organization is coming out and they're saying this, that that makes you believe they're at some type of you know boiling point with this like they don't want to mess around with this no more it's no more if that if that if that they didn't made it pretty clear either get vaccinated or we're gonna figure out something else without you what say you jay um yeah this this could very well be just you know i'm, I'm i was looking at this you know kind of in a vacuum with this being the only factor in all this and you know, I, I'm one of the last people that would like defend Kyrie Irving. But in this situation, I mean, I think it's pretty clear if you've been listening to the program and you've been listening to us talk about, you know, these vaccines and these uh, vaccine mandates and all these other things. I mean, you, I think people would know where I stand at this particular moment in time. I'm not for the vaccine mandates. I, I, you know, I think the vaccines, from what I can tell, I'm grateful that we have them. I'm glad a lot of people have got them. But as I've said, we've never had a vaccine get, a, uh, you know, come through this quickly. And, you know, I mean, it takes time. It's, it's common. It's kind of common sense. It takes time to study these different things and study the effects uh, that they may have on uh, pregnant women, for instance. It probably takes a little bit of time. You know, the thing's got to the thing's been out for, um, you know, close to a year or something like that. I mean, there's just not time to know long term effects. So the fact that there's a group of people who have not taken the vaccine. I don't think the right way to go about this is to just, you know, just everybody be finger pointing at them and act like, well, you know what, actually you're the problem with all this. You're the reason the economy is going to hell and all these other things. No, 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 no. That's, and by the way, that's just not, that's just not good policy and good. Like who wants to be sold something by like getting screamed at and getting berated? Like guys, really take a sales class, do something. So I'm sensitive to people who have said, you know what, I don't want this. I'm going to take a wait and see approach. And I think we should respect that. I think we should. Now, for the Nets, you know, they're in the situation they're in. You know, if they came to a decision and said, you know what, everybody else has done this, you know, all the other employees are on board. 
and we just got this one dude over here who don't want to take part, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that side of it to some degree. And especially the part like, because I guess originally, if he didn't, if he didn't take the shot and they just do, do it, whatever. Okay, well, I guess he'll just play the away games. I guess they just decided, hey, we don't want a part-time all-star. You know, th this, this guy is either with us or he's not. I don't think it should come to that, but since that is the way the team has went, that's the way the NBA has went, you know, I guess that's a condition of appointment. I know it's a condition of my appointment, Drink. I'll just be honest with you. That that's that's my, where my, we mine's as well. That's where we that's where we've went. So, you know, when you add when you look at this and then you add in all the other things that have happened with Kyrie Irving as it pertains to the Brooklyn Nets, the guy's missed a lot of time. And a lot of this time has not been due to injury. So we got to take that in consideration. You brought up the point earlier. Yeah, we got to start calling it what it is. The guy's somewhat unreliable. And as we well know, and as many people have said, best your best ability is your availability. Right. So, you know, you brought up, you brought up some, good, um, some things about trades earlier. I think that's something maybe you have to take a look at because uh, it would appear to me that New York and then you got some Cal you got places out in California. Those are the teams that are, or those are the places that are being the most strict with some of these mandates. So you know, if you got, if you got a situation like this, and Kyrie Irving is staying, you know, he can always change his position, because now the the, the team has come out and said, all right, well you you know what we were, I guess we were going to play you half the time, or whatever. Well now, I mean you're not going to play at all. So. I guess if he could, if he changed his mind and said, "Okay, I'll take the shot. I want to play. I want to be a part of this team," then I get. I mean, they would probably they'd probably forget about this tomorrow. But if he doesn't, then I think maybe you do look at can you know can you can you work a trade for him? Um, the problem is, the problem I think you run into there, and I'm not and I'm you know all you need it, all it takes is one buyer. But the book is out on Kyrie. You know, this isn't this is these aren't necessarily like new issues as far as his his availability, and some of just some of the things that come with having Kyrie Irving. You know, this goes back to you know some you know the the ending of the, uh, his time in Cleveland with uh, with LeBron. It goes to how uh, his time in Boston wasn't that great. They had more success the first year when he got hurt than the second year when he was healthy in the playoffs. And now you got him in Brooklyn. Look, they got James Harden and they got Kevin Durant. And we know th those are the two. Those, I mean, if Brooklyn has to make a choice today between which two players are they going to keep, it's not going to be a combination that includes Kyrie Irving. It's going to be James Harden and Kevin Durant. And there's no debate about that. So I don't think, you know, and I, you know, I said this earlier, I don't think it's a big deal, you know, if they wind up losing Kyrie Irving. If you can get some sort of a package or you can get a fringe all-star Maybe you can get a big man who can come in there and grab some rebounds because Lord knows they just couldn't do that in the playoffs last year. So I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. You know, if, if Kyrie Irving don't want to, uh, he wants to, you know, hold his position, which is his every right, in my opinion, then, you know, I think that's just something he, he has to live with. You know, I, I, from what I can tell, he, he, doesn't, he seems like a guy who doesn't care what people think. So, you know, I, best of luck to him you know and I, and I support him in this issue but on the on the other hand I will say this is something the Nets did the NBA didn't come down and say oh hey if you live in one of these cities with the with the mandates and all that 
no issue. Everybody, you got to get it. And you, you can't play just on the road or all this. This is something the Nets did. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little conflicted about this one, but I do understand it from the Nets because they want everybody to be available to play every game. Um, but also, look, I mean, Kyrie Irving, I think this is his right, just as I believe it's everybody else's right not to get it. Um, so I start off where you left off. Hey, hey, it's one of them things, man. We, me and you, been in the military. We know how this go. It's like one of them things. We get an order from up top, and then what do the smaller units do? They make it tighter. Um, that's what the Brooklyn Nets did right now. Brooklyn Nets said, "Listen, before they come down here and say we have to do something, let's just go ahead and cut off this Kyrie Irving issue." Here's the deal. We got three superstars, two of which seem to be doing what they need to do. I don't know their vaccination statuses, but they seem to be doing what they're supposed to do. And then we got a third superstar. The, the guy been on his own program since we got him. Why are we so surprised? So you know what? Instead of dealing with the shenanigans, here's what we're going to do. Kyrie, if you're not going to get vaccinated, we're not going to play you at all. You can deal with the consequences of that however you want to. But we're not going to play you. Because what we don't want to do is have a part-time player, and then we got the state of New York breathing down our back. Then we got the NBA breathing down our back, trying to force us to do it. No, 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 we good. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and pack you up, put you on the side like one of those little toys in a, in a cereal box. We're going to put you on over here. You're going to look good. Go ahead and do, stay healthy, rest those knees, do what you need to do. We, we, we're going to let you do your thing. We're going to move on without you. Why at the same time, we're going to be out here trying to find a trade partner, probably in one of the states that don't have all these restrictions, so you can be available for those teams. But to the point that you said, the book is already out on Kyrie. And man, what a hell of a book it is. The dude hasn't got along with anyone of any substance since he's been in the, in, a, in, in the NBA. He has literally pissed off one of the most passive superstars we ever going to see in our life, LeBron James. LeBron James try to deflect every piece of confrontation he gets into in the NBA. And you still manage to piss him off on the way out. Then you go to Boston. Oh, well, you know what? Boston, this is a real basketball city. I love you, Boston. Thank you for having me. Two years later. Oh, man, they was racist. They called me everything out of my name. F those guys. I'm out of here. I'm going to Brooklyn. Oh, welcome, Brooklyn. Oh, I grew up down the street. Oh, this is home. This is, oh, I love being here. Hey, KD, do you want to come in with me? Yeah, man, I think about it. All right, well, all right, cool. So now I'm in Brooklyn. Everything is good. Except when the season starts. Now you don't want to take photos. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. You know what? Better yet, I'm not even showing up to the games. Why not, Kyrie? Mm, I'm just not feeling it. In Zoom call. So, now, I just don't understand how people can... Def you can't defend the personal choice of getting the, the vaccine. Cool. But you can't defend Kyrie's like attitude about this he got this cavalier ass attitude and and be quite frank to be quite frank about Kyrie, his talent is not going to get him a waiver for all this bs that he's doing i'm sorry yeah he got some talent yeah he an nba champion but he wasn't that before lebron showed up and it seems to be he ain't that after lebron is not there so you can get 
this dude's attitude, you know, whether this time is legit. We talked about this before the show. He's legitimate this time around. But here's the problem. Anybody that's know anything about the criminal system, they have what's called a three-strike rule. You get strike one and two on your own from shenanigans that you have done. Then when, if strike three and you didn't do anything, nobody gives a rip. You know why? Because you, you jacked up with strike one and two. This is where Kyrie is at right now. With probably all 30 teams, if I'm, if I'm keeping it real. You fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I deserve to get my butt whooped. That is what's going Like, nobody's buying this with Kyrie. As much as I say I think Kyrie should be traded, just like you said, the book is out on Kyrie. Who in the hell trading for him? Because they know what they're going to deal with when they get him. Am, yeah, am I? And you, yeah, and, and to that point, like, because of all the extra, you probably don't get a, a package in return that, like, you know, is equal to his talent. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You're not, you can go and throw that out the window. You're not getting the package back. I, I would say this. You might get a draft pick and a couple of uh, up-and-comers, but that's what they are, up-and-comers, future stars. We worry about the upside. Because for you to get someone of equal value of Kyrie, you would be asking the team to get rid of somebody that's actually some value to them to receive somebody that probably won't be no value to them. Because let's be real here. This dude is about unreliable as a spirit flight. You just don't know what you're going to get. Like, let's be real. And, and like, this is getting ridiculous. Like, we we made a whole season last year of just, well, Kyrie Irving said he ain't going to play. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about that in this show. Oh, Kyrie Irving said he ain't going to take the photos. Oh, let's talk about that. Like, the dude is ridiculous. He's out. I'm telling you right now. If it wasn't for the fact that Antonio Brown was on, like, that reality hard knocks, acting a fool, Kyrie Irving is about to be on some Antonio Brown stuff. Like, if he needs to get it together, man. He's about to get blackballed by the NBA. That, like, uh, a lack of word. Maybe it's a better word I could be using. But he is about to rub the whole doggone organization wrong, just like Antonio Brown did with his shenanigans. Yes, Antonio Brown did come back in the NFL. But look at him. He look kind of different, don't he? Don't talk as much. Don't He just go out and play. You, you better forget... You like, is that Tony Brown? That ain't the same Tony. Yeah, that's him. Okay, cool. That's what Kyrie need to do. Knock it off and play football. Instead, he's in the news for everything else other than basketball. Everything else other than basketball, Kyrie is in the news for. And he's too talented for it. He's wasting talent. He's wasting everybody's time. And if he don't want to get the vaccine, next, you, you're doing it right. Sit him on the bench. Let him get over there. He'll, he'll get over it eventually. Or trade him away to the Orlando Magic. Or, or, or the Houston Rockets. San Antonio Spurs. You ain't going to the Dallas Mavericks because they actually got a, a, a winning team. But, <laughs> you know, sit... Send them to one of those little bottom feeders. And, and hey, you ain't got to worry about getting no vaccination in Texas or Florida. They'll let you play all day. Hell, they might let you play if you positive on court. Who knows what they got going on? <laughs> Who the hell knows in Florida and Texas? This is the Wild Wild West. You better get it how you get it. So, yeah, man, um, that that's my outlook on Kyrie, man. He, I'm, I'm just over the shenanigans with him, man. He the most unreliable superstar that thinks he's reliable in my life. 
All right, move on to the college football and the action that went down on Saturday had quite a lot of it. The biggest uh, biggest result uh, happened with um, number one Alabama going down for the first time this season to Texas A&M. The first time Nick Saban has lost to one of his uh, pre prior assistants, Jimbo Fisher, getting the upset there at, uh, at Kyle Field, 41-38 the final. Uh, that was the biggest upset of the day. Uh, Georgia had a pretty fairly easy time with the uh, the Auburns and the Bo Nixes. Big win for Iowa. They beat Penn State 23-20 at home. Elsewhere, the Red River rivalry. Texas led 48 to 30 after three quarters and then proceeded to blow that one. Oklahoma wins that one 55-48 and a thriller. Michigan continues to stay unbeaten, as did Michigan State. Uh, big shootout in the SEC is Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Holds on 52-51. Arkansas and Sam Pittman going for a two-point conversion to win it late. They were unable to. Um, those were the big highlights, it would seem. Drink, what stood out to you the most? Well, let me go ahead and pay the pipe off the bat. Um, here's, here's the deal. My, my boys, Alabama, we roll in the college station, 8 o'clock, prime time. Crowd rocking, and I've been saying this for quite a few, you know, weeks uh, on the broadcast that um, I'm not, I'm just not I'm not interested in that quarterback Calzone um, from some Texas Tech, and I mean Texas A&M. I'm my, my bad. I mean you know, <laughs> well they was Texas Tech until they beat Alabama. Now we respect them as Texas A&M. Either way, <coughs> <coughs> we go down there. Um, and this this game was supposed to be relatively um, easy for us. I, I thought that's why I didn't even care to talk about it a whole lot in, in the, the the preview because I was like, okay, cool. What, what Texas A and M gonna do? They shut me to rip up. That's what they did. Um, I owe Texas A and M fans an apology. I talked all that crap about your quarterback, and he came out here. He might be in the Heisman race. Um, they, I'm gonna just keep it real. They did. Even though Alabama still bringing these number one ranked classes over the last couple of years, they have missed massively on a couple of positions, and you're starting to see that. Not wide receiver, not running back, not even quarterback. If you can imagine that, not not O line. Even though the O line wasn't great, I don't. I just I just think it's a whole jail thing and a scheme that Texas and them ran. But what they missed the most was. Defensive line and inside linebacker. And we're seeing that. Let's just call it what it is, folks. Yo, Alabama looking like Ole Miss down the middle of the defense. That's just what it is. Like, I yo, I understand people say, oh, it's the coaching. It's schemes. It's the – man, please. Every time we try to – every time Alabama tried to blitz Texas A&M, it, it resulted in a long play down the field. That inside linebacker play just ain't it, folks. I'm sorry. You can get me out of it. This guy was a four-star. This guy was a five-star. I got it. Cool. You can be a big fish at a 1A school. I, I'm just going to keep it real. At a 2A school or something. But these, that, at, this in a nutshell is this. Bill O'Brien, Pete Golden got out-coached. By Echoes, the and I forgot what the other guy's name is. I don't even care what his name is. Because I shouldn't even have to tell you their name. Because we should have this shouldn't even be a thing right now. <laughs> but yet it's still, 
I got Bill O'Brien from the two-yard line, and he runs like three passing plays. When you, when Brian Robinson been counter, counter, he's been carrying the load for the last two weeks. Yeah. You don't want to, you want to get it to your running back? You don't, no? Dude had almost 200. All right, whatever. We, we on some Seattle stuff now, huh? Okay, all right. All right, Pete Carroll, I, I see you. Th- three straight passes. Incomplete, we kick a field goal. Stuff like that. Stuff like, let's keep blitzing Texans and them. We're going to keep blitzing them, even though we don't got the personnel to actually break through. The only Listen, our outside linebackers are phenomenal. Even the guy, we had a true freshman in the game, and I thought he played well. The problem is, you can't do nothing with outside linebackers if your D-line and your inside linebackers get ran over. Like, what, where's the pressure? What? So I need you to hold this pocket up so you can get to the quarterback. None of that is this. Two Texas A&M. Shall I say, maybe this is the game that makes Texas A&M look like Texas A&M. I mean, let's, let's not forget. Even though they was unranked, even though they broke that 100-game unranked streak that Alabama had going, which broke my heart because we, we've been doing it. Um, this might be what this might be what Texas A&M needed to look like. Texas A&M. We got them. We let's not forget they did start the season number six overall in the preseason. They was the number six team in the nation, and then they kind of fell apart. They lost their quarterback, and then this, that, and third. But the rest of the team never played up the snow until Alabama rolled in Tom. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot of top teams say this. We, get, we always get the other team's best shot. And it sounds cliche, but it's true when you're Alabama. It's true when you're Ohio State. It's true when, you, when you're Georgia. It's true when you're, you're Oklahoma and Oregon and, you know, et cetera. These are true things. And that's what we've seen Saturday. That's exactly Texas A&M said, and we don't play no other game better than we play this game. This needs to be our game this season. And they showed for it. Alabama made a lot of mistakes. I'm not going to make an excuse. We looked like, hey, I didn't know if that was Kentucky I was looking at or Alabama. I didn't know if that was, you know, I mean, come on, man. It, let's keep, it looked it bad out there. Um, I didn't know what I was looking at. But kudos to Texas A&M. And I do think Texas A&M is ranked now. I do think that was a good building block for them. I'm not going to lie. As an Alabama fan, I would hope that they do a lot better this season. So that can help our case towards the end. But maybe this is the turning stone. Shouts out to Jim O'Fisher, the first assistant coach to beat Nick Saban. Um, and, you know, just shouts out to him for having his team ready to win a game, that primetime game at home. I can't be mad at that, man. Like, I'm mad at my team because they pathetic performance. But shouts out to Texas A&M for seeing the opportunity, and they took it. On to the other games Um, I won't spend so long on. Georgia gave Auburn the business because we know Bo Nix ain't been talking about nothing for quite a while. And Georgia went on and did what they had to do. Yes, this Georgia defense is for real. Yes, they deserve to be the number one team in the nation. But can they please play a quarterback, please? Can they stand up and play a quarterback? They have yet to play a quarterback. You can go ahead and give me all the snuff you want. But, you know, I, I know if you want to say Alabama ain't played a quarterback, Okay, cool. Even though I think Matt Carell could yeah. win the Heisman. But the rest of them, okay, I give you that. I, I give you that, like, outside of Matt Carell, Georgia hasn't faced no quarterback yet. So we, we got to see when they play 
um, an actual quarterback in the offense. But, you know, shots out to them. But they, this is what Georgia do do, and this is why I'll give them credit. They know they're better than the other team, and they smash the other team. Whether you think yeah. they got a good offense or not, don't really matter. They just roll up in this joint. Because people forget, this game was in Auburn. This wasn't in Georgia. This game was in Auburn. They took the crowd out pretty fast, and that was the end of that. I mean, let, let's keep it real. It was so quiet in there, I thought church was going on. I, I thought I heard somebody preaching over there. I didn't know what was going on. That's how quiet Georgia had it. So, kudos to Georgia. Defense came to play. Number one team, well-deserved. Um, the third game in the SEC, Arkansas and Ole Miss. See, here's the deal. This is what I'm talking about. This is the crap I'm talking about right here. These dudes, a week after playing the two bet, well, the two better teams in the SEC, because, you know, you never know how they look at that. They don't score half of the points that they actually score in this game. It's a straight shooter. Arkansas, I had to hear about how Arkansas had the, the, the blueprint to slowing down Texas A&M. Well, Alabama had the blueprint to slowing down Ole Miss. So if you want to talk about how Alabama didn't follow Arkansas, Al Arkansas should have followed Alabama because 52 points, all right, cool. I guess it ain't that bad when you when you score 51 points, though. I don't know. I don't, you tell me. Um, so... That, that game was a shootout. I think that we talked about that game being the, the game for third place in the SEC right now, and I, I, I feel confident by saying behind Alabama and Georgia, Ole Miss is the third best team in the SEC. Um, so I, I thought that's what that game was going. Then the, the Red River shoot. Come on, Steve, baby. I thought you was going to get this one, man. I just knew it. I said, oh, Steve. They go to marquee win. They go to marquee flopperuski. That's what that was. Um, flopperuski. That's exactly what that was, folks. Um, I gotta give credit to Lincoln Riley, which Lincoln Riley just got another recruit in. Oh, he is recruiting, folks. I mean, Oklahoma really recruiting coming to the SEC. We might want to pump the brakes on all, all that snuff we were talking. But with that said, Oklahoma brings in a um. Highly talented number one overall recruit um, last year recruiting cycle. Kayla Williams, true freshman uh, quarterback. And let me take that back. He's actually been, because he, he didn't play his last year in high school. Then he was on the roster of COVID, and then this year he played. So he's a true freshman by definition, but you know how they go. It's kind of like the rookie of the year thing and all those other type of titles. You got to take out the dead years and speed it up. So he's a true freshman, even though he's been around for a little while. He came into the game, totally changed the outlook of Oklahoma's team, um, looked explosive. I, I can't knock the guy for what he did. He seemed like the future of Oklahoma. But I'm going to tell you like this. It's easy when you come in as the backup and you win the game. For the rest of the year, as long as they roll that guy out, Kayla Williams, teams are going to be ready for him. Let's see if he could perform when the team is ready for him. It's it's a different ball game, man. It's a different ball game. Like coming in and actually having the team prepare for you is a different ball game. Either way, Texas let one go. I personally think the way Texas played, they was looking like the best team in the Big Twelve. Um, it's a little hard for me to still call them that when Oklahoma comes back and win the game. That would make them the biggest, the best team in the Big 12. So it seems like Oklahoma is on their way to another playoff um, slot, if you ask me. But we'll, we'll see how that go. Um, Boys of State and BYU, I ain't even going to talk about The only, only thing I'm going to say about that is BYU, you had your chance. You was in the top 10. And then you lay an egg. Good luck with the rest of that. Um, then we had the top four matchup, Penn State. Um, 
the, yeah, number four Penn State versus number three Iowa. Um, that game, all that game showed me is the Big Ten is playing a lot of. They play some pretty good defense, but neither one of them teams are gonna have a chance against Georgia. I'm telling you right now, yo, that that's all good and dandy. Penn State flopped around with Auburn. We just seen what Georgia did with them. Iowa, like, I and I'm, I'm with Iowa this year. I'm like Iowa got an offense. Yo, they're going to be some – I like Iowa. I just don't know if that's enough against – I don't. I mean, I'm not even sure if Iowa will beat Alabama with that. I'm going to be honest with you. A motivated Alabama that's coming to play, I'm not – I don't think that's going to fly with them. I just know that's not going to fly with Georgia. Um, so, we'll, we'll see as the, the Big Ten um, roulette goes. Uh, Michigan, you just said it. They stay undefeated. They beat Nebraska 32-29. Are we still wondering about Michigan? I'm just wondering. Are we, we still still got the verdict out on them, or how that's yeah. working with Michigan? Okay, I'm just just wondering. So, uh, throughout all that, that that's my recap of college football. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Texas A&M. Hey, Nick, let's get it together. You know what it is. Over to you, Jay. On that, yeah, on that Michigan note, they still have games against at Michigan State. At Penn State, and then they go. They get Ohio State at home. There, there isn't a game that they've played yet to where. I mean, come on! Like Wisconsin was the one that maybe you look at that and they beat Wisconsin by three touchdowns, but Wisconsin isn't any good. So that we, we just got caught at what it is. So they haven't played any. They they don't have an opponent that they beat who you look at. Oh yeah, that team. That, that that's the one they can hang their hat on. No, they. I mean, they they get Northwestern. Uh, I think a week and a half from now. I think they're on a bye this week. But we're not we're not going to know about Michigan until they play Michigan State, and then I think we'll start to find out, and we'll see after that. That's going to be uh, you know they got yeah three of their last five are against right now top ten teams. So that that's when we'll find out about Michigan, and then uh, <clears throat> I guess we'll let you know uh, Alabama. You know, uh, the, the big thing coming in into this weekend, I was looking for Alabama and Georgia, best two teams. Is there anybody else who we're looking at who say, okay, that, that team can get them? And the big game I was looking at was Iowa Penn State. And I got I didn't see I didn't see anything from either team that led me to believe that either one of those teams, particularly Iowa, since they won the game. But I don't think Iowa can beat Georgia. And no, I don't think even in defeat. I don't think Iowa can beat Alabama. I just don't think they got enough. I look at Iowa to me, they look like a really good defensive team, but I think they're limited on offense. I really do. So, I mean, that just didn't inspire confidence. And then, you know, after Penn State and Iowa, like, I mean, I'm going to tell you, Oklahoma, they just keep slipping on by, man. I mean, God, this is how it happened. I had this, I was watching the Red River rivalry very closely. You know, it was like, it was what 14 nothing within like two or three minutes or something crazy and then it was 28 7 and then it was 48 30. when it was 48 30 that's when you know i had to you know draw my attention to virginia louisville because that's just i gotta watch gotta watch them dudes and then i happened to look up at one point and i'm like why is it why is it 55 what happened just oh my gosh just god just collapses at epic proportion they're on Monday Night Football. They're on uh, Saturday noon with uh, uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. They're just everywhere. That was, man, that was disappointing. Because I, I don't think, 
I think Oklahoma is about as fake as it gets. I'll tell you <laughs> one thing. I don't ever want to see I don't ever want to see Spencer Rattler ever again. Put that give me that dude Caleb Williams right now. Let him play. That's Spencer Rattler. No, no more. This guy is just this, he ain't it. Like you talk about uh Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. And now this dude, oh, it's not it. Uh, where, where, where is the Heisman? Where is the Heisman performances? I was promised a Heisman or a Heisman worthy something. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't want. I don't want any more of it. Caleb Williams. I mean, this dude steps on the field and just the energy changes. That's what I saw. So, but I still think you know. Even with that, something tells me Oklahoma's still going to slip up. Uh, and I think you know they got their three. Their last three down the stretch. They're at Baylor. They get Iowa State at home, and then they got to go to Oklahoma State. I think they're going to slip up in one of those three games. I'm still not all that impressed with them. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see. But, I, I, you know, maybe maybe Caleb Williams will change my mind. Maybe he'll play a full game and, you know, show out beyond belief, and then I'll feel differently. But at this time, not yet. And Georgia, you, I, I think Georgia is well-deserved of the number one team. Um, you know, they, I think they, and they still working through, you know, the quarterback issue, you know, JT Daniels right. can't get him. He's in and out Stetson Bennett. He's in that hole now and forth, but this defense is just, this defense is the truth. Let's say no more about it. And like, you know, you can, we can laugh at Auburn, you know, all we want to and Bo Nix, but what makes that impressive is that was at that was at Auburn and Bo Nix plays pretty well at home. So I just want to throw that out there. That makes that to me by Georgia, all the more impressive. And I'll finish up where you started off. Uh, Alabama, they was just, I don't know. It, I don't know what it was. Like, they just didn't take A&M seriously because A&M's like three and two. They just lost to Mississippi State, you know, whatever. I, I think that maybe there was some of that in there going on. And then, you know, you're down 24 to 10. And Alabama, and then you look at the second half. After Defense they showed up, the, up. Yeah, and after they give up the kick return, and to make it 31-17, they put 21 unanswered in four possessions, two touchdowns. They had two field goals in the middle. And then at that point, I was like, oh, and especially, like, you could feel the momentum really shift. And they was like, they had it going both ends. And then the defense lets them down late. Then Alabama goes Last three run. and out. You know, it just, it felt like in the, as the second half progressed, that was Alabama's game. You know, it was just one of those classes, oh, man, the Alabama, they didn't quite have their A game but they still going to get it done. And they just came up a little bit short. Even in defeat, I still think it's Bama and Georgia right now. I think that's a collision course for the SEC. I mean, what what it does is it means Alabama has to win the SEC to get in now. That's what it means. I don't, I don't think you can afford, especially because to me, the, the West isn't quite as good as probably what we'd have hoped, you know, because A&M being now, LSU's just not it. You got Ole Miss in there, but I mean, the, the West is normally a bit stronger, you know. And it, Auburn, Auburn's not great, so the West just isn't as strong. There's, there's no way a two loss, a two loss SEC team to me can get in. They have to win the SEC. They have to beat Georgia in that game, which that's, I mean, that's what we're projecting. It's going to be Georgia, and you know that'll be that. I think there's a situation right now. If Georgia wins out and they're undefeated in the SEC title game, Bama has one loss. If Bama beats Georgia, they both they get both in. in. I don't think yep. there's any question about it at this point. 
All right, you you know what time it is. It's rapid reaction. A whole lot of topics. A little bit of time. Jay, the floor is yours. All right, Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley says he does not plan on naming a starting quarterback for Saturday's game against TCU. Uh, do you approve or disapprove of that strategy? Yo, Lincoln Riley too smart for this bull crap. This some old Nick Sariani crap he pulling with the Eagles. Like, come on, we seen we we have watched Spencer Rattler up to this point. We seen Caleb Williams. Unless you're trying to say Caleb Williams is not as good as we seen him on Saturday, this shouldn't even be a thing right now. This, I don't know. I don't know what's going. No, I don't approve of his strategy. This ain't it. Like he flopping around. The Steelers broke a three-game losing streak on Sunday, but lost wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster for the season due to a shoulder injury. Can the Steelers keep the positive momentum without Juju? I think they can. Wide receiver is still a position group I, I really like for them. You got Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. James Washington, they'll get him back. And don't forget, Najee Harris was fantastic this week against Denver. Um, I said it was a, I, th I thought it was a little too early to count Pittsburgh out. The game against Denver was a turning point game. They, they passed it with flying colors. I think they can keep this going. I really do. Philadelphia 76 point guard Ben Simmons surprised many by reporting to the Wells Fargo Center on Monday night. Uh, has he had a change of heart or is this just to protect the old finances? Yeah, know what Rich Paul told him. Hey, bro, <laughs> you got to show up, man. Like they, they within all rights of not paying. I know, you see this? You see this? This got to be paid for. You're going to have to show up. You're going to have to do <laughs> something. <laughs> so the, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the finances. I don't think he cared to play for Philadelphia. I think that love is always is, is lost. It's lost. But <laughs> you start messing with people's pockets. I, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here so I don't get fined. The Lions have lost center Frank Ragnew for the season due to a version of turf toe that will require surgery. Tough break when you say, Jay. I'd say so. Anytime you're you're out for the season due to some sort of turf toe variant, shall I say? I mean, that's that, that's heartbreaking in itself. Um, especially, I mean, that's a guy who in the offseason they paid they made the highest paid center. So on a team who that's probably the only dude that they have that's the highest paid this position. I mean, that that just when you when the Lions lose a guy that's like that good, I mean, that spells trouble for a team that also hasn't won a game. Best of luck moving forward, kneecaps. Los Angeles Lakers guard Taylor Horton Tucker will miss some time as he undergoes surgery to repair torn ligaments in his right thumb. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Oh, man, I got I, – I, honestly, I'm going to go big deal, man. He was one of the young guys, man. You know, if this is one of the older guys, I'd be like, hey, who didn't see that coming? But, you know, this one of the young guys that they got to depend on. They're supposed to be like a two-way guy this year. Again, he's supposed to step it up in what he's been doing and – he supposed to be one of you know not necessarily per se a leader, but at least one of the young young leaders to get them going that they depend on. And now he's gonna be out, so he's gonna have to restart the process. So yeah, I'm gonna go big deal, man. They they gonna miss him. Sources said the New York Yankees have inclined to keep manager Aaron Boone throughout Boone's contract, although Boone's contract has expired. He could leave for another job. How do you see this situation shaking out, Jay? I think the I think the owner of the Yankees, Hal Steinbrenner, wants to uh, you know make every effort to keep Aaron Boone. And I think you know Aaron Boone's been you know hasn't had the playoff success you're looking for yet, but I still think he's averaging. I think through four years, he's averaging 98 wins a year. They've been in the playoffs every year. Um, you know, I, if I'm Aaron Boone, you know I got some unfinished business. I mean, and, and the, it's the Yankees, so it's like you know 
the most, I think the most high profile managing job in baseball. So, you know, if they, if they want, if the owner wants him and the Yankees want him, I, I can't imagine that he would leave. I think he'll wind up re-signing. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa came off injured reserve today and could face the Jaguars on Sunday. Can Tua get the Dolphins' season turned around? Hell no, he can't. Let me tell you something about that sorry offensive line that Miami got. Like, listen, that my, that line going to get somebody killed back there. Y'all want to see a dead body? That's what's going to happen to one of these Dolphin quarterbacks. I'm surprised Brissett made it through. I mean, golly, playing behind that offensive line is like being on the Squid Games. But anybody that's seen that, that Netflix show, Squid Games, that's, that's playing behind that offensive line. You just never know when you're going to die. So to answer the question, no, I don't think he's going to turn it around. They need to draft some more premier talent on that offensive line. Los Angeles Clippers guard Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann has agreed to a two-year, two $22 million fully guaranteed extension. Better deal for the Clips or for man? That's a better deal for the Clippers to me. I mean, this is a guy who in the playoffs, you know, in, you know, a lot more minutes than he probably expected him to play. I mean, this, he, he looked like he has star potential. I mean, he was playing great, you know, in, without, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving being in there. So $11 million for a guy who showed, you know, had, had not, a, not a full Jamal Murray explosion like he did in the bubble. But when you look at his regular season and what he did to the playoffs, I mean, there was a huge jump in production. $11 million for that guy seems like a bargain. Over the weekend, reigning WBC champion Tyson Fury defended his belt by KOing Deontay Wilder in the 11th round. In the third meeting between the two boxers, what was your reaction to the result? I don't want to see this fight again. Deontay Wilder is going to be a while before we see him on pay-per-view as a main event. And Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight in the world. Last one, Bucks and Eagles in Philly Thursday night. Jay, who you got? Who you got? Got to stick with the Bucks. I mean, they're the defending champs. Tom Brady's playing great. Leonard Fournette. I mean, he had a he had a really nice game against um, against the Dolphins. He's running the football well. The offense is a well-oiled machine. The only question is, you know, can the secondary hold up for you? I don't think in this game it matters. I don't think Philly has enough to get uh, get them. I think the I think the Bucks win pretty easy. And that concludes tonight's Drink of Wisdom. As always, like, listen, share, subscribe. And thank you for joining us. I'm Jay Wallace. And I'm Nathan Drinker. And remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. Yeah, you know what we're going to do. We're going to holler at you until next time. Baby, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Drink of Wisdom.